If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, so, you know, uh, Anaton was talking about something that uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny that he brought up because, you know, he mentions when when uh, Everett first started kind of telling about us and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it sounds like a cool idea. And then, you know, and then you start kind of finding out like how legit it is. That was the same feeling that I had when I when I first was watching your shit. Right? Like when, we, when we first when we first met. So that, that's been kind of neat is I kind of feel like we we met on this around the same time when our stuff started kind of just starting. Right. And, right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I remember and uh, Everett gave me his book. He's like, hey, my buddy wrote this book. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, like no big deal. Yeah, so that's, that and, that's and great. I, that's cute. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I, I remember I, I connected to him on social social media and then like you know I, I believe like months had went by and I hadn't really even been uh, on his page in a while and been doing my own thing and then uh, you know and Everett would tell me you know oh yeah you know Anaton's taking off here this that I was like oh man cool sound like things are going going good and stuff and then I started like digging through his shit more and really following all this stuff I'm like hey bro you know how big your he's boys? kind of killing it right now. Like, what the hell's going on? Do you know how big your boys gotten, dude? And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I think he's doing really good." I'm like, "No, bro, I think he's doing really good right now. He's, he's traveling the world and shit right now." So I thought that was pretty cool, and it was neat uh, how that kind of uh, unfolded. Um, watching all that, so well, introduce them, yeah. introduce them to to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. So we we are hit. So Anton, you have to you have to pronounce the last name for me, so I don't fuck it up. Bariola. Bariola, like Coca Cola, Bariola, Bariola, like Bariola. Like, I like and, that. And the I book, and the book is Bari- that's another one. Bariola. Uh, so it's Anton Bariola. Sal said that, not me. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> he, he, he is a he's he's the creator of the Crown Lifestyle, as I like to say, and oh, then uh, he's also I like it. Yeah, the, the best selling author. He's got two books out, uh, which we have here. You know, that's my favorite whiskey too, by the way. Right? Oh man, we're in good company. Uh, let, let's hit it up. <laughs> Where's the, uh, the you're glass, my man? you're my we, new we, drinking buddy? We, we got some Crown. Oh, dude, here. we do. Hey, is it too early? No. Oh, hell? Oh, no, are you no, kidding me? Bro. Oh man, you yeah. and me, you and me, we're on that. I, we might have to, we might have to crack the crown out. Dude. I'm down. I think it's, it's only I, fitting. It seems appropriate. It, it only makes sense. It, man. Seem, it seems. Toast appropriate. this shit off. So um, I, I mean, at one point for sure, we'll definitely get in the books. I, I want to be able to because you're now going to get a chance to to talk to a lot of our listeners and followers that you know they're not all fitness people. We have definitely a lot of different uh, genres and stuff out there. But mm-hmm. I, I I know Sal and myself and Justin. I we really. Um, what we really can't wait and are very excited to talk to you about is, is your story in general. Right. Um, you know, I've got like, we've talked about this before on this podcast, you know, you know, who are like people like that you guys, uh, you know, look up to, or you think are just like, Oh my God, who, right. You know, and And everybody thinks celebrity, like people that have already, you know, and I, and I've said, I've said this before, like, I'm just not that guy, dude. I don't give a shit about somebody who's been famous on TV for 20 years. I'm more inspired by stories of either somebody who's like connected directly to me or someone who's connected to a friend of mine. And I've watched them like build something and, and, and basically come from absolutely nothing to where they're at now. Like to me, that shit fires me up and that gets me excited and gets the juices flowing for me. So I'm right. super pumped about having you here today. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Fan of the work, because I told you before, fan of the show, man. Hell yeah. Awesome. So how, yeah, how did this all start? Because you've got, what, uh, we have two books up here. So these are two books. They're they're obviously doing very well. Yes. For you. Yes. How did this all start? Because Adam told me a little bit about how this is something or this idea was something you've been talking about for a long time. Long time, man. And it, so what, how, how did that come to you? So I can't take credit, man. I had a mentor of mine who inspired me to write it. He always told me I had this, I have this really dope business idea for you. And he wouldn't tell me what it was, you know? Like, he, I guess he didn't feel I was ready to know. You know, I couldn't handle the information. I wasn't really mature enough. And he said, I'll tell you when you're ready. And I respected him. So I was like, 
cool, you know? I just didn't really bother him about it. <laughs> but, you know, like six months passed, eight months passed. I'm like, yo, what's up with that business idea? He's like, I'll tell you when you're ready. A year passes. He still hadn't told me. I was like, damn, because I really looked up to this guy and I figured if he had something for me, an idea would be like a genius idea. How old are you right now at this time? 33. 33. 33. And this was back, I think I was, this was back in 2006. Okay. So what were you doing up until then? What were you? I was in college, man. I was like, uh, you know, I was still in college late. <laughs> was that like a seventh year senior or something? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like a lot of people, you know, and that's another thing that I say. Um, well, we'll get into that later okay. about education and all that. But uh, so I, I, I took his idea, man. Um, we were at this this restaurant. I mean, this this uh, this store, like a kind of like a younger Brooks Brothers type of store. And there was a book on the shelf. And I kind of just like naturally grabbed it. And it's called How to Be a Gentleman. It's a series by John Bridges. And he starts laughing. I'm like, what's funny? He said, remember that business idea I told you about? So I'm kind of like, you want me to, all this time you want me to write a book? That's your that's your idea? That's a great big idea you have for me? <laughs> You're like, fuck that, bro. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's interesting because I had no interest in writing. Oh, um, that's crazy. Never considered myself a writer. Never wanted to be a writer. Never ever thought about putting out a book. Um, so my mom was an English professor. I mean, I'm sorry. She's an English major and a speech pathologist. And she would always come home and give us like these random aptitude tests and stuff. So I was naturally really good at English, you know, like in mm-hmm. class, in schools, like a, an easy A, like PE or something. Right. Like physical mm-hmm. education. So I never had an interest, but I was good at it. So I was like, you know what? Because this guy told me, let me give it a shot. You know what I mean? It's like somebody that looks up to you and you give them a thing, a piece of advice. Yeah, and yeah. it may sound mm-hmm. crazy to the average person, but because you said it. Coming from you, they're like, you know what? Let me let me give this thing a shot. So I gave it a shot, man. <laughs> I literally have not looked back since then. Wow, two thousand six, man. Now, have you always had? I mean, you're you're self made. You're an entrepreneur uh, in in all respects. Have you always felt uh, that there was something you were supposed to do? That there was something you had some kind of calling, or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something one day, or anything like that. You know, something crazy. I'm glad you asked that question because I don't really get a chance to uh, to talk about this much, but. Yes and no. Yes, and I fought it. I fought it for a very long time. A lot of my uh, why? Why did you fight it? A lot of my family members are entrepreneurs. My grandfather, my mm. uncle, my brother. I wanted to just set myself apart. You know what I mean? Which I is funny because that's literally the entrepreneur spirit. Yeah, it, you, right. So that's what I'm saying. It was in me. So it was like I was fighting that. It is. It yeah. is the entrepreneurial spirit. So it was in me, but I was just like denying it and fighting it. And um, it just it just happened, man. It just it just ended up happening. Um, you can't fight the inevitable, man. Did it start to feel natural once you started actually like laying down the words and you're like really grinding out your book? It did. It was almost like, cause I always had a lot of random talents, you know, like I could play the drums. My mm-hmm. parents, like when I was young, they try to really get me involved in that and try to make me like this drummer person and taking me to different, hooking me up with people to take me to like <laughs> nightclubs when I was underage and, you know, trying to make something of it. Uh-huh. My mom was always trying to make sure that whatever the skill set I had was like really used. So, I mean, I was good at art. I was good at all these random things, but they were just hobbies. And being from Silicon Valley, naturally you get into like computers and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's what I studied in school, you know, computer information systems. So I always had like these things I was good at, but I never really felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do until I started writing. And then I, I said to myself, like, it was so easy. It didn't feel like work. There's no way this is going to work because because work is something mm. that you have to like. Right. Work you don't at. like we're, we're, we're yeah. taught to not like it. Right. Work, we're good work, at it, but we don't like it. Work is a dirty word for most people. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so for a lot of people, you know, they 
there. I mean, think about our parents' generation. You know, they they work these jobs. If you ask them how they really feel about them, they don't. They're good at it, but they don't like it. Right. They're not yeah. fulfilled. They probably want to be painting somewhere, clocking in, or clocking like out. Yeah, yeah. They probably have some other passion that they're not using. So, I was like, this is too good to be true. I don't know how I'm gonna how to, how I'm gonna make this thing a lucrative like real business. Yeah. Because it's it's too easy. Like it's too natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's how you know that that's it how is you legit. Know. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that at the time. We we talk about that with with this, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's almost therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, you guys weird, are yeah. you guys are sitting here conversing. You guys get to, I mean, fellowship and hang out, and it's it's taking off. It's yeah. natural. It's organic. Yeah, it, it is. It's it, we get to talk about what we love to talk about, and it's not uh, it's not rehearsed. It's not something we plan or schedule. Like you said, it just seems so natural. And you just, probably feel crazy making like I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> oh, it's, I'm getting. You're gonna pay me to talk? Are you fucking kidding? I've been people cr- have been telling me to shut up for my whole life, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm gonna get paid to talk. You gotta be kidding me. So, Anton, you, you talk about the guy who mentored you, right? Um, how much of the so and then now he he, he shows you the book and mm-hmm. you're like the, the light bulb goes off you're like oh shit okay I'm gonna start doing this now did you even have uh, the direction how, you, how where you were gonna go Brother, with it I was clueless man really? no clue yeah just completely in the dark you gotta think if I never had the ambition or desire to do right. that in the first place I've never researched it so this was during the time when like self publishing was still frowned upon and you were looked at like a little joke you mm-hmm. know what I mean but now we have today we have like so many independent businesses and everything's kind of wide open. You know, you have the right to do this. You don't have to like go through a major corporation to, to be on radio and have a legit show. So, but at the time it was still frowned frowned upon and a lot of independent authors weren't, weren't that successful. So that was another thing I had going against me, the statistics, yeah, which yeah. I never, I never listened. There's so much I learned. I never listened to statistics. So anymore. I didn't know they that. Apply, so I feel like they don't apply to me. So you were independent. Yes. Yeah. This, okay. See, this is fascinating to me. This I was going to say, fantastic. that's probably one of the most impressive parts. I mean, for me, like seeing like your, like where you are today. I mean, obviously writing the book, that's, that's, that's a huge thing, but then it's the marketing piece. And like, you're just doing this all by yourself. At first I was, and then it's essential to, to, you know, get a team on board at first for years, man. I was, I was like the agent, you know, I was filling out emails like in third person, you know, <laughs> like we and, will, we will get will back you. to you. Anaton yeah. will meet you at six. <laughs> I was doing all these crazy things, you know, to appear official because everyone thought that it I was because everything was going so well. Like, there's no way this guy's on his own. People were saying like, yo, can you connect me with your agent? Do you like what marketing firm do you work for? I was like, <laughs> that's, that's great. I, was like, I, I, get, it, I got you. <laughs> All right, I got you. I'll get back to you. He actually uses the same email as me, so go ahead and send that. <laughs> to you. I'll get right back to you. Closer. That's so. That leads me to the next question that I want to ask, which I the, I think which is cool because I got to watch this. Um, at at what point and uh, and I remember it for me because uh, the light bulb went off when you saw that where social media was going and that this was going to be a, a huge tool for you or how you utilize that, when did that kind of come together for you? Like you were Twittered first, right? You were big on Twitter first or? I actually started on, man, my social networking goes back to AOL chat rooms and like Prodigy. Do you guys remember Prodigy? Oh shit. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was, I would always, I was always fascinated on with that dial up. Yeah. On the <laughs> dial up. I was always fascinated with that. So I went from Prodigy to, there was this uh, platform called college club in college and it was like for collegiate students, kind of like a Facebook. Mm. And then there was like Black Planet. And then there was MySpace. And then there was Facebook. So I was on all of these platforms and I was always growing an audience. I don't know what the appeal was because I wasn't selling anything. Yeah. But um, I'd always have like a lot of MySpace friends. And that's where I first announced in 2006 the idea. Like I said, you know, I got this book I'm going to do. And I kind of just started to design my page like, you know, 
getting ready for the project. And people were really gravitating toward the idea. And um, it started from there, really. And that transitioned really smoothly into Facebook. And I was using Facebook. I got kicked off Facebook twice because I was because it's a social community intended for like intimate connections. Right. Mm. Like your real friends are your friends on Facebook. People you really know, not just mm-hmm. like random people, kind of yeah. like Twitter. Yeah. Like Twitter's a this little was more before, random. This is before they created the public, the public right. image page. It was very, I mean, I was on Facebook back when it, it. So there was first the Harvard EDU and then you had to have an EDU to get on like a collegiate address, email address. Then they opened it up to the public. So I was on it like in the second wow. stage of faith, like really early well, on. As they're still developing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I was using it to promote the book and I got kicked off because I was adding too many friends and, mm. you know, doing the things you're not supposed to be doing. So it set off like a, an alert and they kicked <laughs> me off they deleted my page. Uh, twice I got a new one they deleted that they gave me the other one back and they ended up giving me both back so I have two pages now but um, that transitioned into uh, Twitter and it was like everything that came out I just moved with the flow of things and the people still just kind of came with me or new people came on it was very very natural wow wow. nice oh wow that's cool and what point did this uh, did this book start to evolve could you is there a name for the style that you write what is what is that? What is that like? The way the way you the way you have written the book, is have, there a name for that style? I have no idea. And you yeah. know what's crazy? I'm not, and this is crazy for me to say. I'm not that educated on like format and you know <laughs> style of writing and all great. that. You know what I mean? It's like you. Just, I just write, man. It, that, you know what? It, that that could be a blessing. Yeah, I think it is because um, it takes away. I think when you have too many. I don't know too much in place to yeah too many rules and stuff. You just it just limits you, man. But when you're just like out there swimming in the ocean, you're just like you know doing whatever. I feel like and and I've read a little bit of it and actually gave one copy to one of my clients and she loves it. Oh, dope, man. Yeah, by the way, but uh, yeah, I I, looking at the style wise, I like it kind of remind me of almost like these proverbs. Oh wow! Wow! Yes, you have like these little nuggets that that hit you. Yeah, that's how I would I would just say same thing too. That's why I was curious if there was a name for that. That that's dope, man. It kind of so John C. Maxwell writes kind of like this also. So Mm -hmm. that's why I was wondering if there. I thought maybe you would know if there was that if there's a name for that style. I enjoy reading that style. I find it easy to retain the information right it's uh it's good it's like and like you said like it's proverb style i think it's that's really dope good. man yeah yeah i never heard that well let's let's, let's talk about the books a little bit let's see you know uh we, we, the, the one that just the most recent one right. was is ba- gentlewoman yes gentlewoman okay. is the most recent and then barrelesque is barrelesque is the one that started it yes. that's the one that started so it all man. let's start let's start with that one what's that specifically about and you know uh explain it a bit to some of our listeners who haven't haven't okay. read the book so yeah. barrelesque this it's this title's barrelesque subtitle is is the Contemporary Gentleman and Etiquette book for the urban sophisticated. Bariolesque, what does this crazy word mean? My last name is Bariola. So it means like Bariola-like. What does my name mean? It's a Nigerian name. The last name meaning a person deserving honor. So it's kind of extending that to everybody else. Bariola. Fuck that right? sexy. So I, <laughs> I didn't even know that's how that all came about. Yeah. That's fucking so sexy. it's nothing, it's not like vain or anything like that. It's literally like extending that to everyone else. And I just like made up this crazy word that I would always use amongst the homies. Right. And I remember when I was talking about the book to some friends, they were like, well, what's the title? What are you going to call it? Because before it was something else. And then I my friend suggested, why don't you call it Burial Esque? I was like, that's bold, but it's crazy, but it's bold. So I'm going to do it, bro. It's a beautiful word, man. I appreciate it. it, it I, I made actually, it up, man. Well, look, <laughs> it, when I look at the word, it sounds like a type of style or a type of way of living. Exactly. Without me knowing anything about the book, mm-hmm. if I just saw that word. 
It, re, it that's what I would think, and that's that. I think that was something kind of cool about it because I saw, I thought the same thing. It does look and feel a certain way, you know. And I, so mm-hmm. I had to define the word. It means uh, highly appealing to the human senses or mind, providing pleasure or delight, um, pleasing, charming, alluring, attractive. So it pretty much is what you said. It's like the 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 greatest of anything. Like um, if you were to go to a restaurant, you know, take your wife or girlfriend or whatever the situation is to a restaurant and you know, you were to describe the restaurant tour, you'd say it's like a burial-esque environment. It's like dimly lit. You know, they serve wine. It's like a really kind of chill crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the, the greatest of whatever you're going to. or whatever. So, so is it is it necessarily high class or is it more about um, it's respect? Not, okay, it's not really, it's not just high class because, and that that's kind of what the book does. It debunks the idea that. Well, that's why I'm going to bring that up because right. I think some people might think, oh, it's just high class absolutely not it, it allows entryway and access for everybody to live that lifestyle and it, it, it describes the lifestyle in a better way because you know as a gentleman i'm sure you i don't know maybe you guys expect me to come in here in a suit or suspenders and be like real corny no 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 you look, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think you i think you the way you're dressed right now i mean just if we d- describe you right now he's dressed um in a very uh, modern way a gentleman would dress somebody who looks like uh, they're successful or uh, and uh, walking in in a suit. Look, I, we see suits all the time. Right. Um, you, you anybody can rent a suit. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, you look yeah. modern and hip, but it's it's uh, it's it, as the word says, burlesque. It lo- you look classy. Um, I think it. would be the right would be the right description. Is is that kind Appreciate of what you're, it. yeah yeah? I mean, so I kind of just try to. So you take, for instance, like a, a young kid or just somebody who's just like living their life, never heard of etiquette, could care less about it. You know, I try to make it attractive to them. I try to rebrand etiquette and present it in a way that's more digestible. Because, I mean, we hear about it and we think about grandpa. We hear about it and we think about, you know, not everyone relates to that lifestyle. So I try to introduce it, reintroduce it in a way that's more applicable to who we are. So anybody could kind of take a hold of this lifestyle. So it's not judgmental. It's not snooty and, you know, bougie. It's -hmm. really about you maintaining your own identity, but applying certain small, very small principles to your life. Nothing major, very small changes and seeing how that literally just opens up your world. Because etiquette opened up so many doors I never deserved to be in. What right? were so you speaking like, on? Like yeah. Simple things like opening a door for a woman. Yeah. You know, things like that. Right? Very, very simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's very simple principles because we live in a me first society. Everybody's selfish. Nobody cares about the neighbor. It's really just taking consideration for your neighbor mm-hmm. and just kind of going back to basics, man. You know, because we're just going further and further away from right <laughs> what things are supposed to be. What are the, some of the influences uh, that, that helped you come up with this idea of style? Honestly, it was all around me, but between friends, family, you know, my grandfather on the my down to my father, my mother. It was just I was always surrounded by that. You know, it's kind of just the community in the uh, culture I grew up in. So I naturally gravitated toward it. Were you? It was an environment where you you learned manners, respect for your elderly, Absolutely. that kind of stuff. Okay. And I I, didn't, I never knew it was called manners. I just that's thought, the way you're supposed. That's the way yeah, you are. Right. I mean, that's what your parents say. You know, right. be, be sure you do this when you go to such and such's house, or be just. I never thought it was a big deal. Then I go away to college, and I see such a lack of it. Good guys, like a, guy, a bunch of good dudes, my friends, cool cats, but they just didn't know what to do in so many circumstances, how to behave. And I was like, that's odd. Now, mm-hmm. where do you see that most? obvious where they just don't know how to necessarily behave do you, do you do you see it most with like the way guys are with girls nowadays or i think that's both <laughs> or how girls are with guys both ways yeah, yeah that goes that goes both ways um just from waking up and just going about your day if you were to pay attention there's just a lack of etiquette people just don't really they're just kind of like operating there's no people don't have like a moral compass or they're not they're not being attentive to it if they do have one a lot of people don't Mm-hmm. That's a that's, that's a very very interesting way to put it. 
how, why do you think that is? Why do you think we've seen that? You know, it used yeah, to be valued so much. Of that. Yeah. And now it's degraded. Everything in, in pop culture, which dictates, pop culture kind of dictates the way that kids are raised. Oh, yeah. Right? And then kids become That's teenagers the biggest and become adults. So pop culture pretty much is everything, for the most part, against having morals. I mean, pay, so when I was growing up, you had to like, what, ass? You could say ass on TV sometimes, like a late night show. I was watching like a regular old show. It said shit and, you know, it was, it was just like no HBO. I had to, used to have to watch HBO for that. Yeah. yeah. Or they'd like give a huge warning and it would come on after nine o'clock, you know, NYPD Blue and shows like that. Um, but now you just turn on anything and you you see anything. There's the access is out there. There's just no regard for for morals. It's like everything is backwards. What's right is is considered wrong and what's wrong is considered right today. It's a great view, right? Well, it, there's two. It's, it's two. So, so true because I I, yeah. I believe that I believe that too. I believe that it's. I mean, think think about like you say. Go back to pop culture. Like, what's cool now is is people that rebel against the system. People that go push back on everything and aren't. Right. Do, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. It's not cool. It's not cool to be uh, be appropriate or to do what everybody else. But I but I kind of I do agree with that because I think that's more so like embracing your individuality. You know what I mean? Like embracing who you are instead of trying to. Be out here and be like this person. I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I like. So there's like a fine. There's a fine line there. There then. is. There yeah. is, and that's kind of what this whole thing is is about. Really balancing, like maintaining your identity, and still like taking on taking in these concepts, but but keeping it you. You know what I mean? And yeah. taking out taking it out there, and then authentic. Going to, really, that's yeah. it. That's the perfect word. Yeah. Authenticity. Well, I'll tell you what. Being uh, you know, I'm the I'm the son of immigrants, and I'll tell you um, the culture that my my family's Italian mm-hmm. and. You know, the old culture, and it, not even as true nowadays, but just because my parents, their generation, we were taught certain values in terms of like how to respect the, you know, the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it in certain other cultures. I see Asian cultures do this as, as well quite mm-hmm. a bit where the elderly are, are revered and respected. And I don't see it so much in modern American culture. I agree, man. I mean, you, I see some crazy things out there. Yeah, like you, like if you're sitting down and you see an old lady standing, you you offer her. Uh, that's what you right. should do. You get up. And, and then the other thing too is is how men treat women. Now, and, and again, and if you look at stereotypical Italian, you know, culture, they'd say that we're much, you know, very macho, you know, machismo. But the truth is, we, um, you know, we worship women. Right, right. You know, and uh, say what you will. Some people will say, "Oh, you just want to sleep with them." Well, look, I'll tell you what. We might score better because we treat that way. <laughs> we treat them that way. But the truth is, we revere them. Right. And so, opening the door, pulling out a chair, it's not a sexist thing. It's just, I don't know. And a lot of women like that. Yeah. And then vice versa. I think so. I, I completely agree, man. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult to get back to that. But I, the thing that's cool, people are receptive to the idea. That's what I was kind of fearful of. Okay, I'm gonna. I have this really cool idea, but is it only going to attract people who already are interested in that lifestyle? People who already like that, or can I get a new audience that I'm really trying to capture? Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be difficult, but it was so natural because I think that we all have like the desire to do good and be good, but there's nothing to validate that desire because everything that is good is. Cons- considered corny growing up you know what i mean now, so there's getting, nothing to validate it and are you getting organizations and stuff that are saying hey we want you to come talk to oh yeah our people because I'm, I'm as i'm as you're talking i'm like this is something yeah that I, goes a lot it's further like a movement than, behind it right? yeah, absolutely yeah. and that was the idea like the book is uh, was always a very small piece of the full picture you know so um when i'm getting all these congratulatory messages and people proud i'm like yo you, this is like a small piece of this big picture you know, I'm just I'm just now kind of getting started mm-hmm. but um 
people are very receptive. Guys will come up, man, like they'll they'll go to like a, a collegiate book signing or just some organizational thing that I do on a tour and they'll wait for everybody to leave, you know what I mean? And they'll be like some kind of maybe even like a a hood kind of guy or something and he'll say, um, man, you know, this book really touched me, you know, I particularly like this page and this passage. I'm like, damn, I would never think you would read this yeah. book. You know, or I go to book signs and I see every color of the rainbow sitting there, old, young. I'm like, it's it's, it's amazing, man. Because I was just, come on, man. I was just this kid with the with that took this idea and ran with it and just wanted to just like say my piece. You know what I mean? And who knew that it would turn into what it turned into? It was like what? So that was that kind of leads me to my question. I guess it kind of answers it. Uh, when we <clears throat> when we first started, I thought it was really fascinating for or for us. One of the most fascinating things was when we started to sit back and look at who our audience was, we ended up attracting uh, way more people uh, different than what I thought. Right, right. Um, what, what do you think has been the most surprising for you, you know, as far as getting started and then releasing something like this? Like, you know, who's- I think the international appeal is is interesting because there's so many different, like, mores and, and, and customs in, in different cultures. Not everybody believes in, like, Western society, you know, worldview. Not everybody believes like some things that are considered rude in the U.S. are considered appropriate elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Some things considered appropriate elsewhere are very rude in the U.S. Like personal space is a weird kind of thing that. You oh, know, that's some, interesting. Yeah. yeah, some places you go, you know, you're like, "Hey, how you doing, man?" <laughs> yeah, right up in your face. <laughs> you yeah. In the U.S., you just can't ate some onions, huh? Yeah. In the, in the U.S., like if I'm in the in the in the restroom with the urinal and it's empty, you better not come sit. You know what I mean? You better <laughs> yeah, go. You, to don't, the you one, don't slide right next to you me. Better come go on, to the man. One where, so or talk to me right so i was i Come was kind of interested that um yeah I don't, I don't understand the talking thing in the restroom either but i'm telling you <laughs> it was interesting that um internationally it just had that appeal because i was like we're so different but i guess we're not it's taught me that we're just it's the same same ish different toilet man i mean we just got back from london it was like same thing you know what i mean like everyone's the same everybody has and that it, it teaches me a lot and it helps me grow you know, and, and just understand people and understand the world and changes my worldview. Well, I think for a long time there was this movement uh, of people saying, especially in America, like, don't judge me by the way I dress. Don't judge me by the way I, I talk. Don't judge. And the reality is, the reality of society is, is that you can be the most non judgmental person in the world, but yeah. you, your brain will instantly make a quick judgment on, on someone's appearance, how, they, how they're standing. Yep. The way that they, you know, maybe pronounce the words, the way that they talk, if they're loud, if they're quiet, the way they look at you, the Their way they eye might, twitches, yeah. everything, yeah. yeah, the way they shake your hand, and it's 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 look, we evolved this way. Our brain is designed to, or evolve to, read these small cues. Yep. So whether you like it or not, it's the way it is. Yeah. And so I can imagine somebody picking your book up and following some of the things you talk about, and then all of a sudden, holy shit. People are nicer to me. Everybody's looking yeah. at me different. It's not about, you know, I used to think I was being judged, but the truth is I was advertising myself as something right. different. So you're projecting. 100%, yeah. man. I mean, if you if you have on like a red shirt and you're in Target, I'm asking you for help. You know what I mean? Right. I'm going to say, where's the where's the bread aisle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that, that we're, you're right. Our brain is is naturally just, regi- it's, 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 you know, registered. To, I mean, it registers what we see. You know what I mean? We, we're what we familiarize ourselves with. So, um I know, I know that fact and I kind of take advantage of it. I know that people judge. So when I would normally wear a suit, sometimes I won't. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mess with people's minds in order to create better situations for other people. When I fly like first class, hmm. I'll dress like this. And often I'm like the only black guy in first class, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at least dressed this way. And sometimes somebody will say, oh, well, you know, are you an entertainer? Or you, <laughs> you play sports or something? I'm like, nope. 
That's interesting. Oh, what do you do? Yeah. I'm a writer. What do you write? Books. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get him. I'm, I'm trying to get him to keep pressing, right? Yeah. And um, what kind of books do you write? Etiquette. And they're looking at me like they're trying to. I see them kind of trying to like figure it out. Etiquette. So when they tell me more, so I tell them the story, and they say I'm headed to this place or whatever, and we start to have this dialogue. And what I've done is change their perspective. I hope. I hope that's what I've done. So, so the next time they it. see, I, I am. Mm-hmm. I, I, I play that, right? with it. So us right there. <laughs> I play with it because I'm I'm aware that people respond that way. So why would I be so selfish to just wear my suit and be concerned about me? Oh, I'm good. Everyone loves me. What about the next guy that's like? you know, that wants that opportunity or who is a gentleman or who shouldn't be prejudged, but just has on his hat to the back with a t-shirt. Isn't that like one of the main staple things really is that you're considering other people. Absolutely. I mean, like if you're going to break it down to like that one thing, like yeah. that would be a huge thing. For sure. Because I don't believe that we're just created to just like fulfill ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like we all need each other. You know, I just have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be as selfless as possible because I know that what I'm doing is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not for me. I'm glad I benefit from it. You know, I get paid handsomely. I get to travel and all my, all that, but it's, it's bigger than me. Right. It's awesome. That's a brilliant, brilliant attitude. Absolutely brilliant to to know, to accept that, understand it, and and utilize it uh, to be able to spread your, get your message out. For sure. And um, I think I think more people need to, and, it, and they are, look, they're going to, it's going to happen. People are starting to realize, look, I can, I can, you know, think this and that about how people are going to judge me, or I can realize it and utilize it to maximize both my position and to spread whatever message I'm trying That's to put it. out. That's it. That's it. And there's a fine line there as well. It can be dangerous because people can take advantage of that, right? Of course. You know, that's why like, I, I kind of try to guide the guys and the uh, ladies after they're done reading to, because you can take advantage of the information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I tell people to just, you know, um, keep your character. You know what I mean? Like utilize this in a in a, in a positive Be way. Be real. Be real with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This reminds me. Uh, I don't. I think it was God. Was it um, Chris Rock who was talking about <laughs> how if I'm wearing he was wearing a cop uniform. Yeah, he was dressed up as a cop, but he's not a cop. People kept kept asking him about you know questions like you would ask a cop like what direction or help right, help, right, right. help me, and he'd get mad at them. How dare you judge me? You know based upon the way I look. And he's like you know he's talking about <laughs> like women who get whistled at. And he's like well it's because you're wearing a uh, you know yeah, a hooker costume. A hooker. Right? <laughs> That's what it was I think. <laughs> So yeah. you, you started to say something, Anton, and I want to bring you back to it um, because I think it's uh, a topic that we've touched a little bit before in earlier podcasts. I think we released that one. I'm not sure if we did, um, but I, I love talking to guys like yourself about this is education. Okay. And your views on it. And Yeah. And, yeah, you actually were going to say something about that. I don't have the most traditional. I don't have the most traditional views on education. That's, um, well, formal education going to college and all that, right? Because the bottom line is um, you can, how can I, and I'm, I'm always careful how I word these things because everybody's, I mean, we were born like, I mean, raised everything, education always pushed to us, you know, whether it was like a after school program or whatever. Yeah. Well, Assembly, I think it's, it's very revered still. Like people. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's necessary. And yeah. it, so of course, education, whether you're reading a book for yourself, or, that's, that's constant. We're always educating ourselves. Well, I think but, we need to separate the words, uh, learning and education. Absolutely. Because you, education, people think of institutionalized yes. or formal. I think that's But not, you can always learn. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's not always the, 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 the path, the direct path, right? You know, you have college dropouts who are extremely successful. I mean, look at the, 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 what is uh Bill Gates and mm-hmm. 
um, I think Steve yeah, Zuckerberg, Jobs, Zuckerberg. And, yeah. and I hate to give those great examples, but there I know several people who went to college and got their degree and they're doing nothing that has anything to do with their degree or they have two degrees and, you know, I go to the mall to to get some, you know, I don't know, some flowers or something in the middle of the mall and I see them working there, you know, and that's no uh, shot at them. It's just to, goes to show that um, there were other paths, man. There are other paths to the goal. There's not just like a straight line to the goal. You, there's there's very various ways to to get to the goal. And um, until you kind of get in the trenches and experience that darkness for yourself, you may not believe that. I've been in the trenches with this whole, and I'm sure you all have too. Mm-hmm. Any entrepreneur has, because it's a scary thing. You're jumping out of the window, man. Like no parachute, you're literally just jumping yeah, and like right. building, the hoping, parach- building the parachute on the you, way down. As you, yeah. yeah, exactly. As you drop and hoping. So I think um, formal education is more institutionalized. Education is more of a supposedly guaranteed. It's like a safety net. Yeah, kind of like guaranteed route, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I I don't always, if, you're, if you go to college and you're not really feeling it, you know, there's really not a connection and you have like so much passion for something. And the skill set and know how to to do it or release the the drive. Do what you got to do. Well, this is see, this is a very this is a subject I'm extremely passionate about mm-hmm. because number one, we are extremely fortunate to be living at a time right when information is so readily available <laughs> for so cheap for so little. Yes, I mean, I could I could literally take courses or learn what they're teaching in courses of colleges that are that are charging you know fifty thousand dollars a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I can get that information for free. Yes. Right now. And so I look and see, I look at education and I see it changing because it's going to have to. It has to. It has to. And the second thing is, you know, we look at, we, we see all the statistics, right? A, a college degree means you're going to earn X amount more money per year statistically. And those statistics are correct. Mm-hmm. However, what this is what they don't take out of that. This is what they don't control for that. In the past, the type of person that is more likely to get a degree is the type of person that is also more driven and more ambitious. Right. If you control for that, if we take all the people that didn't get a degree and we control for the ambitious people and for those that just weren't ambitious, I bet you it would be the 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 difference would be much smaller if any at all because I know plenty of people who didn't do that traditional route but are yep. extremely ambitious and driven mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and have done very well. I agree. So I think if you know where you want to go, they're more hungry they're more hungry for that information. Well, I think if you exactly, I think if you know if you know where you want to go and you're ambitious and you really want to work hard and you know we live in a relatively free country, um, the opportunity can present itself. The information's there; it's available, you know, yeah, for free. And I suggest people, man, take advantage of the time because that's going to change all this free information. Take advantage of it. Like now's a great time to just jump out the window, man. Like pursue yeah. those crazy wild goals and dreams. It's the perfect time. Tell us about the toughest uh, on your road to you know where you're at now. A moment only be look. We got we have a lot of listeners who look to us for motivation. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of they're starting gyms and you know there's some people with some ideas that they're right, working on right, right now. Yeah, right. And, and I don't know about you. you know, I, I I don't want I can't speak for you, but I know for myself. You know, even up until now, listening to these kinds of stories, you know, because there's look, you're going to go through times when it's it's fucking rough, man. You're you're eating top ramen. Yeah. You, you feel like you're looking at people around you making money. You're not making <laughs> shit, but you know you're working your heart, your ass off. Yeah, man. So listening to these kinds of stories used to motivate me. So, I, I mean, can you tell us a time where you were just like, it was dark, it was tough, where you almost gave up at something? <laughs> man, I almost gave up. I actually did give this book up. I, 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 in 2006, I thought I finished it. 
and I kept having all these release dates and stuff. And I was like, it's coming this summer, and I would announce it online. And then people began to like, when I saw them in person, ah, so what's up with that book, man? You know, uh, kind of like condescending. Oh, how's that book? Home, how's yeah. that book going? You know, and I was like, damn, you know. So, so now you'd have like the public and the people you know. Like your parents are like, "What are you doing? What's going on? What are you? What is this little pamphlet you're writing? You oh, know, shit. this oh, little book." You know, what I mean, we sent you to college and all this. So, you have no support. I mean, I had a girlfriend who's now my wife, but she was definitely the rock kind of like because I had nothing to offer her. You know, almost even like emotionally, I just because I was so focused on writing this. So she was with you before. She was with me before. That's a man. keeper. She was with me shooting in the gym. You got kids? <laughs> nice. you, have, you have children yet? Got a baby boy on the way, man. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Man. Let me Thank say. You, I'm gonna say something right now. You, if you, man or woman, you find somebody who's with you when you ain't got shit. Yeah. And then you become that's a big person. success. That's the one you stay with that's because one, anybody man. who comes afterwards, yeah. you don't, know, you don't man. know. You don't know. Yeah, I was always, I was always happy that the story played out that way because I kind of wanted that, you know. Because I, I saw where I was going, you know, when nobody else saw it, you know. I, and that's the thing about vision. I mean, you have this crazy vision, and you almost can't share it with anyone because it's so right. unrealistic, and people mm-hmm. are going to call you crazy. Mm-hmm. So you kind of keep it in, you know. And you kind of want to s- support. I mean, share that with somebody. That's why it's good to have, you know, somebody on a rock like my my girlfriend at the time. So um, that's literally all I had. But that wasn't enough for me because, I mean, I just didn't know what I was doing. There was no, the internet didn't have a lot of information on how to sell. I just didn't know what I was doing, man. So I was like, you know what, man, just maybe this wasn't it. So I just Mm. stopped. I stopped writing. I just was working some weird job, like a call center or something like that. Um, Couldn't stand it, but I was good at it. Just like a lot of people today. Mm -hmm. And um, something like I don't know what it was something sparked I don't know if I saw like uh, people online talking I don't know what it was something sparked and I was like you know what I gotta get this ish done man so I just kind of went into overdrive I don't know what that thing was and um, I figured it out you know I just kind of took risks and you know made phone calls and just like buried myself in this work you know like stayed up till 5am woke up at 7am just passionate just crazy about it you know and um I just went hard and months passed and like a year passed and there was like nothing, no real results from it. You know, I still didn't get the book out. I still couldn't figure it all the way out. And, you know, another year passed and it still was not out. And it's almost the equivalent to somebody imagine like a, I don't know, like a, you're digging, right? You're like Mm -hmm. digging, you're digging for like hours, 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 hours. And you're digging for days every day. And you go out there like a year later and there's like no, there's no hole. Even though you've been digging, you see nothing. How how do you keep going? The people who do or the people who are like you sitting here and the, you know, the successful entrepreneurs, the people who don't are the majority of Americans. You can't blame them because that's very discouraging. But there's something special about those people who get past that moment of darkness. What is it that, that gets them past that? crazy determined you have to be crazy man you gotta be a little blind faith you gotta yeah you gotta be kind of crazy a little bit crazy to keep going if you don't and super confident right you're like i remember i don't know if you know adam was telling me but he was telling me like maybe like it was a story about just you knowing that and then actually telling people hey this is where i'm gonna be and you like would tell them like where you're gonna end up because vision so so real where if you if you have if you get a vision I mean, it was so real to me. You know, the vision that I got, it was so real that I was like, 
I'd be crazy not to. It's there. It's like all I have to do is cross the street to get it. Mm-hmm. Now crossing the street, there's a bunch of cars. There's like people with machine guns. <laughs> there's like people with machetes trying to get me, but I'm gonna cross the street and get it. You know, it's like somebody saying there's twenty million dollars like across mm. the street. Go get it. Are you gonna sit there? Yeah. No, when it's there, I'll get bitten by snakes and yeah. So you're gonna go through shit. the you're gonna go through I'm the journey it. exactly because yeah. you know it's there. But a lot of people can't act on faith because we're humans. We we rely on our senses. We have to see it, smell it, touch it, feel it for it to be real. Not me. No. You know what? You, <laughs> That's a good point, though. I mean, I I totally echo that. Besides motivating the shit out of me right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we're, just, all of just, our chests went up like you this. Just, well, yeah. Yeah. A lot of chest pounding going go, on over here. Let's go. Well, no. Listen, it, I tell you what. You hear this from someone else who I just met today. Look, I just met you today. You know Adam. You've known him for a little while. I right. just met you right now. But to hear it from someone else, something that I myself have felt, mm. it's um, it gives me the chills. It makes me feel good because I know I'm not the only one. But you reminded me of something someone told me a long time ago. You know, when I first, um, you know, I was, I was running big gyms at 19 years old. And uh-huh. I was doing, I, I was, you know, and, and I was a crazy, and I still am a crazy uh, person. Gotta be. And someone told me, one of my mentors told me, he said, embrace your crazy. Yes, man. And <laughs> yes. And it just totally sparked, it just, it made so much sense because if you're not like everybody else, if you kind of feel like you don't fit in all the time and you're pushing yourself and you know what you're doing yeah, is that's is your edge. That's the greatest thing to have, man. Yep. And America tells you that it's not. You need yeah. to be fit in with these. You, no. If you go against that, you're crazy. America calls you crazy, so you feel crazy, Crazy's right? good. Yeah. It's the greatest thing, brother. Embrace it. Hell yeah. Greatest thing. Hell yeah. Now, there's levels of crazy, though. I don't want to just... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. You got to learn to apply that crazy, right? You got to learn to apply hurt anybody. Don't yeah, hurt I don't want to encourage a kid to go out there, you know, and do something crazy, <laughs> yeah. do something stupid. I heard yeah. it on Mind Pump. <laughs> no, you, don't, you don't want to do that. So with the second book that came out, uh, yes. which is... Uh, so the first one, Geared Towards Men. Right. Second one... Geared towards women. Geared towards women, yes. Okay. So uh, how has that one been received and, you know, what kind of uh, feedback you're getting from that? Because, you, use, I, you know, gentlemen had to, you know, be a man. Is that, right, right. And what, was, about that? what was that like? Because I feel like that's kind of like how when it's what it's like for us when we write programs as a man, you're writing a program. And, and I always feel like it's going to be it's not going to be received as well for women because <laughs> we're not women. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't understand. Right. Exactly. So did that go through your head? Right. And it was this? tough, man. I mean, I knew I had to write that. I, I didn't want to write that. I fought it for a long time because it's scary, man. I mean, there's already like a bunch of ideology in, in uh, society about what's wrong with women, why they need to be fixed. They're Sexism constantly and oh, yeah, yeah. kind of be careful. They're constantly how you word just yeah. So I was scared, man. I was scared because I mean, <laughs> you have to be honest, and sometimes truth hurts. Right. So I had to figure out a way to like be honest, but still be loving and still approach, you know, walk on eggshells. But it was tough. It was like this weird dance, you know. So that took me a while to write, but it was it became you know, way more successful than the first. And the first was very successful. And I think women just kind of invest in themselves and their minds and such a little uh, more than men. Um, but it's been a, an amazing journey with this one, man. It's it's gentlewoman etiquette for a lady from a gentleman. It uh, it discusses the demise of femininity in current society, but it goes way, way, way beyond that. You know, it's not just like. It's a how-to guide, but it's not just like, do this and don't do this, and this is how you do this, and cross your leg. It's way, mm-hmm. way more encompassing. And a lot of the readers are saying that it took me long to write, and I'm on Mind Pump, so I have to say, part of the process, which was very interesting, was that I started working out. I changed my diet. I changed my and my entire habits because I knew I was going to pour into this book. I knew it was going to drain me. So there's this weird 
connection with discipline and because it takes mental strength to get to gain physical strength like that last rep or whatever it's like you don't want to push it it's like if i don't push this i'm not gonna be stronger for the next goal you know to build muscle just the consistency yeah so i had to like tap into that so i really started to take the whole workout thing seriously and um i mean my body transformed as a result of it which was cool but it was really to because i was gonna pour i was gonna pour everything i had into that thing man so it was weird that i like i took something physical to kind of like translate into something that, that that wasn't. No, nothing weird about that. Look, there's two two things about uh, fitness. You can do it for the specific goal of looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. But more and more, I'm seeing people like yourself who are using it as a tool I to do. to maximize what else they're doing. Yep. I had mm-hmm. a guy that used to that I used to train who uh, he was a you know self made millionaire, and he said fitness made him a better business person. Yeah. And um, that was a long time ago, but you're hearing more and more of that. Yeah, I never, th- I awesome. never knew the connection there, so I thought that was cool because it's just that same place where you're weak in the gym, but you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You apply that to anything else. I love that. And then there was a second. There's something else I also wanted to say about this. So, I think obviously the book is good for lots of different reasons, but I also think the timing for you for this book is perfect. Let me explain. I think in American society, you had this period of time where men acted like men, women acted like women, or you heard people, you know, that's how people refer to it. Mm-hmm. And then the pendulum swang to this direction where everybody's the same. Right. You know, uh, feminism came out and it, it, it had to come out and it had to be very strong. And then mm-hmm. it became like a men and women are the same, you know, treat us exactly the same, act, us, act the same way. And the pendulum is starting to swing now in the middle now. Yes. Where. It, you know, there are certain things we like, you know, the sex to do because it, it, it comes across a certain way. Or is, there are some differences between men and women. Yeah. And that's the time now. You're starting to see that now. And I think your book is like perfect timing because I think if this came out 20 years ago, if a man wrote a book 20 years ago about how to act like a gentlewoman, you might have had people saying, ah, oh, sexist, you can't tell us. Hey, man, I still got that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did, yeah. Yeah, and I knew I would get that. So, you know, I told you the whole airport story, how I play with people's minds. Yes. I, I know what, how they're going to respond before they respond. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of, that's like a, a, a natural gift that actually, that helps me a lot in marketing. I could kind of see things from individuals' perspectives. I'm not trying to like be weird <laughs> about it, but I can. No, you're a Jedi. I can kind of see like <laughs> the way that someone will view something. So even if I think it's cool, I'll be like, wait a minute, let me see it from this person's eyes. Ah, oh, that's actually kind of corny to this type of person. Right. This group. You know, so I I knew that, I mean, obviously people are going to have something to say about a man writing books for women. Sure. Especially when the majority of books out there is some, you know, some BS. Right. You know, kind of judgmental, patriarchal. So in the very beginning, man, I spent a long time just like, just shut, shutting you up, you know, for lack of a better word, just completely just just shutting the notion down that a man can't write for women. Mm-hmm. If I were to hand you a million dollars cash, would you take it? I mean, of course there's no like weirdness, like, yo, you gotta, you know, <laughs> be my slave and all this crazy stuff, you know, it's just, Here's it's a million bucks. Of course. Here, if a lady it, yeah. were to hand you a million dollars, would you take of it? Of course. Yes. That's, that's, that's kind of, simple, simple kinda, math. It's kind of the point there. It doesn't yeah. matter the source, man. The source is irrelevant as long as the information is useful, mm-hmm. you know, and that's tough. Cause you know, you don't want like uh, a crackhead to tell you to do well, you know what I mean? Like you're a crackhead. How can you tell? But we're all flawed, man. And and I know I've learned from babies. I've learned from homeless people. I had great conversations and insights. So I don't look at the messenger, man. I take, I extract the message and I taught, I try to like really kind of embed that idea in uh the first few chapters before i even got started with anything just to let you know that yo you know 
you can learn anything from anybody. And the cover, you know, like me being African American, some people were like, "Why didn't you put a you know African American lady on the cover?" You know, it's like number one, what does that matter? Number two, if you flip the book around, you will notice that she is because she's on the on the on the back cover, right? And that was a direct kind of shot at the way that media and society portrayed us. You know, I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to force people to, this is a black woman on the cover. It's all the subconscious stuff. I'm going to force you to read this book, no matter where you, what background you come from and enjoy these principles and know that the person representing that looks like her. You know what I mean? So there's all these like weird little things I, I try to do um, to counteract people's beliefs. Cause my whole purpose of writing is to change a perspective. Like I've always been somebody that was like considered the other idea. It's not always like this table, tables. Like I, I'm really kind of, I'm designing my house right now. So I'm super big into furniture. A table or a chair doesn't have to just be a square. And a, you know, I like things that are a little different and uniquely designed because it doesn't have to be that way. Who's to say that it has to look like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I take that same approach to writing. Like there's always another idea to consider. Even if I firmly believe something, I always put myself in the other person's foot just to see where they're coming from. Criminals, any, anybody. Okay, this person's a criminal. Why are they a criminal? Because they were born into this household where there's no father and the mom is like 16 and on drugs and they got to feed like, you know, their sisters and brothers and take care of them. How are they going to, you know, feed them? Right. No, they, shit they they're rob- no shit they're robbing stores, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it doesn't it doesn't like justify what they're doing, but it helps you understand them mm-hmm. so you can empathize and kind of like then find a greater solution than just throwing them away or whatever, calling them just thugs or, you know, so I always try to just change your perspective regardless. Have, have you ever had somebody like, uh, like really rude? Have you had some, a woman like really insulting and rude? Yeah, man. How do you handle that? How does that, how's that been? Um, a lot of times those women, when they, when they turn the last page, they're no longer that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're initially that way. Um, say I go to like a Q and a or something and they're like, who the hell are you? And da da da. it was like that in the beginning. Cause people didn't know what it was, but as the word began to travel and word of mouth, you know, people's, you know, best friends were reading it. You know, feminists were reading it who initially would say, what the hell is this? And look at me crazy. Um, they saw that their friend posted about it or this celebrity posted about it. And I got different people involved. Everything was strategic, like Hill Harper and Megan Good and uh, Brian Michael Cox and Congresswoman Barbara Lee and Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. I try to get like different people involved so it's not just my mm-hmm. point of view. Okay, if you don't trust me, then maybe you'll trust this person's brand because they're associated with it. Hmm. Well, I I, um, I I think part of the success is the, is the person behind it. Just listening to you right now, um, I completely believe that this is just the beginning. Man, I appreciate that. For what, yeah, because uh, you've said a lot that has to do with your book, but a lot that has not to do that doesn't have anything to do with your book it has a lot to do with bigger things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I hope to one day be able to write because I there's so many other things and ideas that I want, like kind of the stuff we're talking about that I want to some way put in the book, but I got to figure that out. You know, that's going to be tough, but I, I like maybe my fourth book or something. I want to do that. Like write a book like this, just more of a motivational kind of piece. You know what I mean? Well, let, let's, all, I've been dying. To do, I've been dying to do something with this guy for a long time. I know. I've, like I've, health. Yeah, fitness, dude. I still have an like, idea. Yeah, like, bro. Dude, I gotta, let's, let's do it, man. Gotta, Whatever it is. On this fad. Yeah, I do. I have, I have a great idea for us, dude. And we'll talk about it off air. I would for sure. To, yeah. Do you, um, I mean, do you have something that's a big picture for you that you can put into words? Um, you know, let's say you had all the money in the world. You don't need to worry about anything right now. I, I don't. You don't strike me as someone who would not do anything. 
Uh-uh. I was talking to my wife about that the other day. Like the America's ultimate goal is retirement. And then people retire and they they just can't sit still. They're like, I got to do something, you know? Mm-hmm. Grandpa retired like three times, <laughs> you know, and died working, you know? So um, we're supposed to like, we're human beings, you know? We're not supposed to be and do and be active. Yeah, it's about you know purpose, I mean? right? Yeah, it's yeah. about purpose. It's all about purpose, everything. I mean, we're, we woke up this morning because we still have that purpose in us. Otherwise, we would have died, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I do have a bigger picture, man. I do. Um it's uh again i said this is like this whole thing is bigger than me so i'm trying to spread a bigger greater message um and it's i don't i don't like to use the word masked or concealed but it's presented in different ways than maybe you'd be used to i'm just trying to just like be love show love and show that you could deliver that and and still maintain your identity you know what i mean cuz we're humans we're flawed we're going to mess up whatever you know you still got the next day to go on and I want to present to you a different type of human, not human, but show that it's all right. You know, like you can you can be a cool dude and put your hat to the back. You can be who you are and still like give love and show love. You can tell your brother, yo, I love you, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to debunk all these silly notions that society taught us. Yeah. Men can't cry. All that's, you know, all that crazy stuff. This, the, you're, the, I mean, what you're saying right now is resonating with me so strongly uh, because when I look at um, the media, when I look at society, I see a lot of... Um, things designed specifically designed to separate oh yeah to separate a lot of things um and they blow things that are definitely issues that definitely exist but they make them become these massive divisive wedges yeah, man. between people and they'll use every like anything any different man woman you know skin color everything, race everything you know um but you know like you i believe uh you know all people we all kind of want the same things. Yeah, man. Want the know? same things and are And we the have same. a lot more in common. Yeah, we're the same. Than we do different. We're the same, man. Yeah. Like, we just look different. We're all the same. Like, I mean, look at things from another perspective, from like God's eyes. We're, we're There's no like black, white. It's just, you're just, you know what I mean? Right. You're just a human. No right. man. It's just like, you're literally just. You're alive. So we created yeah. all these weird little, you know, all these, you know, different divisive uh, titles and stuff. And put every everyone we need to put things in a box that's how we feel safe mm-hmm. oh you're this okay now that you're that mm-hmm. i labeled you but when something's outside of that that's when people start getting crazy and you know and i'm way i've been outside of that box man <laughs> y'all all of y'all are too yeah. you know yeah. you yeah. recognize it when you see it that's why you connect with those people right right because right. you know that the, you know their mindset real talk i like that i mean that's uh, that's why the, the the whole concept of um you know uh, some of the concepts that the, that uh, you know America w- will stand for things like being free and right, you right. Know, liberty and you know just being yourself and although it didn't hasn't always uh, exemplified that very well um i think the message uh has always resonated with me because i'm you know i'm the product of immigrants and mm-hmm. so when i hear some of the stuff you're talking about about how we're all the same and we all have the similar you know needs desires and wants and also to be respected yeah you know you own your body you own your life you know yeah. respect you know just the fact that i'm going my own journey so that's know? that's literally man like people may get it in nuggets on instagram with a, a quote or something like that but that's the ultimate goal there's there's a there's a goal i'm not just like randomly doing stuff and you know just sitting here enjoying life i'm like i'm tr- really living out my purpose like we're all born with a set of skills and I think you know that you're in your purpose when, like, you're doing something that you would naturally do. And it doesn't fit, like we talked before, it doesn't feel like work. And you're like, wow, I can get paid for this. Because you're born with that already. And you're supposed to use that. You know what I mean? You're supposed to deliver that and use it. And um, 
if everybody was doing that, man, this world would be great. Yep. <laughs> this world, yeah. This world would be great, man. We yeah, got it. So we're sure. just trying to figure that out. And that's another piece of the puzzle. I mean, there's so many little pieces, like getting people in line to be walking in their purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big piece of the of the puzzle because so barely anybody is, man. Imagine if imagine if everybody was, bro. <laughs> yeah, it feels good when you imagine, are. It'd be too, heaven, right? man. Exactly. It'd be perfect. Imagine world. how There'd this be place was, wrong. Imagine how this place would be running if everybody was do, <laughs> doing what they're loving to do and doing what their purpose was, man. It, that's that's what we're, that's the way it should be. It only yeah. makes sense. Like you're born with something that somebody else can't do. Like, only you can do that. That means something. Does that not mean something? You know, that means something huge. Mm-hmm. That means you're supposed to do that thing. Yeah. You may not know, like, why, but just do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's why you deny it. That's why you're here. Embrace it. Yeah. And you're going to love what you're going to love it, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to be fulfilled in doing it. That's how you know that, that you're connected. That you're doing walking on the right path. Yeah. Hell yeah. Are we talking about the event at yeah, all? Yeah. Before yeah. we before we wrap this up, I know we, and we let him go and we're going to tie him up all day here. Uh, we have uh, we got an event this weekend. That uh, is on uh, Thursday. That uh, we're, we're gonna let people come out and hang out. Far Friday, sorry, today's Thursday. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, today, man. Tomorrow. It's at a uh, Calave Wine Bar in Palo Alto. What is the address to Calave Wine Bar? It's off of uh, California Street, right? It's off California Street, and um, you can go to you know burialesque.com. Check it out. Actually, I, po- I posted it too. Okay. So yeah. I, I posted it's it on, on the Instagram. Site. It's on yeah. my Instagram. Um, yeah. We'll post it on Mind Pump one too. Yeah. So that's Burialesque uh, spelled B E R E O L A E S Q U E dot com. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that's the same thing on Instagram and Twitter and all that. Same handle okay. on Facebook. Um, you guys, I mean, obviously, thank you guys. You guys are sponsoring, you know, so I, I know you guys will be in the building. And um, we got a few more sponsors Bel Air and. Uh, Challenger X USA and um, the Cryotherapy pl- Place. Um, of course, Star Fox Financial, you know, is putting the event on. And um, it's going to be a dope event, man. It's, we're just going to just like kind of, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you a fan of the work, if you have no idea who I am and just kind of want to come out and have a good time, um, it's going to be a wine tasting. There's going to be truffle popcorn and we're just going to talk and hang out, kind of like how we are now, except, it's, you know, it's just going to be an open format. Q&A, hang out, sign books, um, sip wine and just you know have a good time man good deal oh yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah just a little chill kind of situation so it should be cool right on excellent chill oh it. time six to eleven six to that's on fridays six to eleven yeah, no i'm sorry yes six to eleven on friday <laughs> I, I, know we got, I know we got two parties lined up here i'm getting mixed up on the times on which yeah one? man okay six All to right. eleven friday right on oh, oh yeah. yeah the books man look everybody go to your uh, you're already on your probably your iPhone or something right now listening to this. So go ahead and go to iBooks, go to iTunes, go to i whatever it is that has a book at the end or sells books and, you know, get it, man. Type it in, gentlewoman. Um, Burial-esque. Type in Burial, you'll find it. Or go to Burial-esque.com or just order it. You know, if you want an actual copy, it's like a nice matte, matte finish cover. It feels good. You know, it'll look good in your house. People know what you stand for. Um, when you read it in the subway, you can pass the message. People will see the cover and be interested. So, either or, I'll tell download you what, it or get it. Any any yep. any mind pump any mind pump listeners that that pick the book up and actually, if you guys you know send it back this way, if you guys don't get a chance to meet him personally, we have a lot of people across the country. I will track this motherfucker down and have him sign it. Oh for yeah, I would I love guess. to sign your book. Uh-huh. I see I see him all the time. He stays at our place. Thing. He stays at our place when he comes in town. So favorite thing to do. You guys can mail him back to me. I'll uh, I'll keep him. I'll keep him, and then I'll have him signed by him whenever I see him, and then send him back out to y'all. I love that, that idea. Man, that's cool. dope. That's cool. fresh. That's for our mind pump love. Yeah, they're yeah. getting on Amazon. Right on. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. 
For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.